And now we can hear the sound of my cat peeing in the background. That's <laughs> Mike isn't that good, I'm happy to say. Well, I can hear it pretty f- clear. So. <laughs> Don't make your problems my problems. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we go back in time to revisit one of the more unusual movies of the 80s. And also one of the best soundtracks of the decade. Today we talk about true stories. They're calling it a celebration of special mess. But this place is completely normal. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Somebody should really like do a hat tip to Brad because I leave Spotify out of the list every week and he remembers and he puts it in there. He's a pro. I just amuse myself by, you know, if I could come up with some other streaming services to make up, I'd put them in there too. I don't think CLNS actually checks to see if we say this stuff or not. (laughs) Yeah, we'll find out because now I'm required to say, and don't forget, (laughs) you can listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. It does exist. Where is that? What's the address for that again, Steve? It is actually at clnsmedia.com. And as always, insert plug for social media here. Share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Something's happening here, all right. The world is changing. It's created confusion and chaos. Do you run out of Kleenex, paper towels, and toilet paper at the same time? Steve, we need some help on this one today. So joining us today, you've heard him before on the podcast. He's a podcaster. He's a musician. Cartoonist with 14 published books. The last time he joined us, he was crushing it on Devo Trivia. Just That's crushing right. it. He was answering questions that Steve Spears didn't think really existed with no hesitation. <laughs> it's Douglas Arthur. Hey, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. God, I'm so excited to be doing this show. This is like, I, I, don't, I didn't think there was any other fans of true stories out there. And, and now we have three of us gathered around the fire. Yeah, exactly. It's kind I, of a niche no market. Intended, Brad. It, it is a bit. I know I've hammered you about Devo over the years, Steve, about doing a Devo show. But I kind of gave up on that. But I was a huge, huge, huge Talking Heads fan. And uh, I actually saw true stories at a preview screening before it opened that's how much wow. of a fan how much of a fan i was so i'm really excited to to be talking about about this and you know and finally you know be on the show proper instead of just you know calling in and um, getting quizzed 
before we go any further, tell, tell us where we, people can find your work and where we can find your podcast. Yeah. I want other people to discover the magic that is <laughs> the general. Um, the funny thing is I, I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm stuttering because I'm embarrassed to talk about myself. But uh, the name of my podcast is Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. And we cover a lot of kind of obscure and off the beaten path kind of stuff. And actually, uh, Steve, you were you were a guest on my show a couple of years ago. We did a show about Elizabethtown, the Cameron Crowe movie. But we've oh, talked. About, he loves that. He could talk I, about that for hours. <laughs> well, that's and, I know, and, that's and we did. I had to cut it. I had to cut that one down. Um, but but <laughs> this is the first time we, for everything. But we've covered a lot of things. We actually, I know you guys talked about Lair of the White Worm a few weeks ago with Jen, and uh, I actually did a full show on Lair of the White Worm. Wow. I wow. cover lots of obscurity. Some of it's 80s stuff. Some of it is beyond the, the fringe. Actually, yesterday I just uh, recorded a show, a tribute to Stan Lee. So oh, nice. And uh, some of your longtime listeners might recognize the voice of Dr. Dim, uh, Jim Fitzsimmons, uh, is a fairly regular guest host on my show as well. So we have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of different topics. I do interviews. I did an interview with um, Michael Pilmer of uh, Devo Incorporated a few weeks back or a few months yeah. back, which was a lot of fun to do. So we, we cover a lot of different topics. Aside from that, I, I'm a cartoonist. I, I started my cartooning back in the 80s, back when I was going to the University of Buffalo. And the name of my comic strip is Tales from the Doug Side. And uh, I've published 14 book collections so far. I've got more in the pipeline. People can find those on Amazon or, you know, if you look me up, uh, I, there's a Tales from the Doug Side page on Facebook. And there's a link there to uh, you can actually order directly from me and get autographed books and so on. That's where people can find me. So nice. Just for the record, if you ever want to do a Devo show with Brad, I'm happy to just sit here <laughs> and hit the record button. <laughs> we would, pr- and then I'll come back in for the seggies. <laughs> we could probably could probably do that, except it would, we would. Brad and I would probably talk for like three hours at least uh, about Devo. But um, yeah, I think I might have to reinvoke my my Facebook rule for sports. If you care, you know, <laughs> and if you don't care, you really don't care. Well, see, I could have Brad on my show, and and we could ah, we could there you go we could do that, but uh, that might be the smart move. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do that sometime in the future. Anyway, we're, we're gathered here today to actually talk about true stories. Uh, true stories came out in 1986, directed by and starring David Byrne from the Talking Heads. Just Talking Heads, not the Talking Heads. That's right. Can you name another band from the 80s that doesn't like to use the word the? Well, it wouldn't be the the because that's a little redundant. Um, Another band, Psychedelic Furs, perhaps, because they weren't the Psychedelic Furs. Scorpion. Scorpion. Ah, That's right. So there's some big news about True Stories. What is the reason we're doing this now? Um, Well, the uh, movie is finally going to be released on Blu-ray, and not only that, but it's by Criterion. So they are polishing it up and putting out loads of extras on the disc, which I'm really excited about because I bought the DVD uh, years ago when it came out, but it was... For any of you video nerds out there, it's a pan and scan version. So that means oh, they, no. they, that no. means it's oh, that's the worst. That's that bad. means it's cropped, so um, you don't get the full picture. And it's not been available for years, except for 
you know, this out of print DVD, or I, I believe it's available for rent on like Amazon Prime and, and other, some other services. But the Criterion edition is coming out this week. And in conjunction with that, David Byrne has finally compiled the soundtrack to the movie is also being released, uh, I think this week or next week. That's going to have all of the incidental music and all of the cast performances of all the songs. So that'll be the first time that's ever been all released in one place. Yeah. It's probably been like 30 years since I've seen this movie. I tried to watch it today and Amazon Prime would not take my, uh, my pin number. So I have to, I will give you the basic premise of the movie as someone who, like most of our listeners, probably haven't seen it at all or saw it 30 years ago. True Stories is presented as a series of vignettes centered around David Byrne as a cowboy hat-wearing stranger who visits the fictional Texas town of Virgil, where he observes the citizens as they prepare for the celebration of specialness to mark the 150th anniversary of the founding of the town. Byrne has described the film as a project with songs based on true stories from tabloid newspapers. He says it's like 60 minutes on acid. Please discuss. <laughs> That's actually a pretty, uh, pretty good description of the movie. It, there really isn't a huge plot to it. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you pretty much nailed it. He's kind of wanders through town or drives through town in this uh, open top convertible, which at one point he proclaims this is a rental car, you know. No, he says it's not a rental car. He says it's privately not a owned. Rental car. Yes, it's privately owned. <laughs> but it's kind of a weird movie because as a narrator, kind he of? talks to he, 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 he talks to the characters in the movie and inter interacts with the characters in the movie, and he also talks to the audience. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like he's in town to do a documentary, and he just happened to be there with a camera crew. But the the way it's set up and some of the shots, like people will walk into the frame and just turn to the camera and start talking about whatever it was he was talking about. In a place like this, they can comparison shop. Everybody could hardly wait until the mall opened. Said Margie Ortiz. I go there just about every weekend. So the two of the other girls from work. See? I told you. Right. It is super quirky. Very much so. Um, and, and there's a lot of just really bizarre characters and uh, interesting things. Uh, you know, there's the, there's the woman who lies all the time. Don't be nervous. Songs are easy. Very, I wrote Billie Jean. And half of Elvis's songs. Elvis? Hell yes, you know. They pay me and I keep quiet. You know, somebody's got to do it. The, uh, the heart and soul of the movie, I think, is John Goodman's character of Louis Fine. He's not necessarily listed, you know, top billing in this movie, but he's really kind of the soul of the movie. And it really, the razor thin plot that it is kind of follows him and his look yeah. as he looks for love. His quirk is that he actually advertises for a wife because, you know, he <laughs> has trouble finding uh, women uh, that, that he's attracted to. And there's his, um, his goal is matrimony. His goal his is goal matrimony. Is. In fact, yes. I think don't you guys use a clip of that in the in the show intro sometimes? I, yeah, I, I yeah, the, oh yeah, the maintain a very panda bear panda shape. Bear shape. Yep. Yeah, that's from his TV commercial. Right, Dial eight four four wife. <laughs> right. So it's just such a, a quirky movie filled with quirky characters. There's uh, another great character is the Culvers, played by Spalding Gray and. I can't remember the female actor's name, but they don't talk to each other. So they kind of interact through their kids. Linda, would you ask your mom how the fashion show went today, okay? Sure, Dad. 
Mom, how'd it go today? Oh, Linda, you tell him it was just wonderful. Although one woman did have an accident, but it wasn't anything serious. He should have been there. He would have been real proud of me. She said it went great, Dad. You should have been there. No, maybe next time. And then somehow the dinner that he has turns into this weird kind of uh, Busby Berkeley like song and dance uh, food musical yeah food, food musical it's it's really bizarre and, it's but, just amazing but it's fun and then you know david byrne has that great line in that scene where he kind of looks at him and goes excuse me mr culver i forgot what these peppers represent aha uh-huh. it all spins back to the middle <laughs> which is which, which <laughs> hilarious if you've seen the scene but yeah it's it kind of works towards this celebration, which culminates in a stage talent show uh, on the outskirts of town. And that's really, that's really the, the whole thing. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to meet these quirky characters and we're going to have a musical at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. And along the way, we'll have, you know, some really great cinematography and uh, some, some very well composed shots. And we'll have some quirky dialogue and everything. It's just, it's just almost the definition of a cult movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who saw this in the theater? I mean, you, obviously you did. Doug. Yes. You saw it as a preview. Brad, did you see it? In the I don't think I did. I think I saw this as a VHS rental. Um, you know, and it was like, Hey, here's that, here's that true stories movie. I kind of wanted to see that. And my, I, what I remember is my friends were very divided on whether it was good or not. And and I have a theory on that. My theory is that people who grew up in small towns are more prone to like it because, at least to me, I mean, I didn't grow up in Texas. I grew up in Western Oklahoma, but there's visually there's a lot of similarity and personality wise, there's a lot of similarities. And I'm like, I felt very at home in that world of true stories. Yeah, I yeah, I saw this in the theaters. I remember I remember I was a huge Talking Heads fan at the time, and so I went to see just completely based upon that. Right. And I was not expecting what I got. I remember sitting in the theaters looking at my friends going, like, what the hell are we watching? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's going to suddenly it's going to all make sense. And it really maybe doesn't. No, I don't think it does. And this yeah. is And this is kind of maybe before the time when we were really used to the idea of a cult yeah, classic. like a mockumentary cult classic. Yeah. You, right, like like come like the late eighties or early nineties, I'm like, okay, I can watch Repo Man now. I get it. You know, I can watch Spinal Tap. I understand the humor now. But in 1986, Doug, are you older than us or younger than us? Uh, I mean, I'm in 1986. What were I'm, you doing? I'm, 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 to put point I, a point on it, but let's see no, some no, ID. No, no, I am uh, class of 85. I'm with you guys. I'm actually, I think, okay, so- I'm like a month younger than you. So I, I guess technically, I'm I'm younger. So. <laughs> So he's just a so baby. This is the whitest. So this is the whitest, most male show we've done in a long time. Yeah, certainly just three people from the exact. Certainly the most middle aged. Three people. From, yeah. So like between the three of us, none of us have good vision. We all have. We're losing hair, or it's gray. You know, especially for Brad. My, mine's only lightly and, gray. Uh, well, catch up, man. Brad's gone. Brad's gone full Steve Martin. Oh, wow. not quite. And, getting there. Uh, Definitely getting there. <laughs> Just glad it's still attached. Thank you for sticking around, follicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, 1986, we were all, like, eh, you know, sophomores? Uh, freshman yeah. year? Second semester of freshman year? We were all pretty naive and not really ready for what David Byrne was bringing us, right? Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, 
I was a huge Talking Heads fan, so I, I mean, I think I was prepared. I was taking art classes. I was uh, studying film and video, and uh, I was an artist, so I was prepared for this because this movie is very poetic, I think. And certainly it's more of an art film than it is a narrative film for, for sure. So I think I was kind of ready for it, but I dragged like my roommates and, and friends to go see it and they didn't get it. You know, they didn't, they didn't really understand it. And, I, and it's, you know, I'm not sure I fully, I mean, when I watched it again uh, last week, I, I'm not sure I fully, you know, got it either. I'm like, oh, man, this is not maybe quite as good as I remember it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, there was still a lot there that I liked, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, but but for me, uh, you know, as a Talking Heads fan, this this kind of to me was kind of the beginning of the end um, for of, sure. of the Talking yeah. Heads. I mean, they only put out one more album after this, which was Naked in 1988, and yeah. just you know, at this point, the the schism between David Byrne and the rest of the band had kind of really started to rift, and I think. The, this movie kind of put a few more uh, nails in the coffin of, of the band, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's let's take this moment then and talk a little bit about the music. Sure. Um, from True Stories, because like you said, this this is the beginning of the end for the band. All the songs for True Stories were written and composed by David Byrne. Mm. So this was definitely like he had taken control at this point. It's like, this yeah. is my direction. Right. And I can see where maybe the rest of the talking heads were like, yeah, and and you are, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, and that's very true. I you know I remember reading some interviews with like Tina and Chris, and they were all like, well, you know, I you know I guess it's a Talking Heads record because David wants us to you know be a part of it, but it's not really our vision. It's not anything you know that we would necessarily normally have done. So there had been bad blood going all the way back to the Remain in Light album because of songwriting credits on that album. Initially, Brian Eno, who produced the album, uh, you know, convinced David Byrne, you know, that the, that the album credit should read songs written by David Byrne and Brian Eno, where almost all of the songs were like improvised or started as improvisations in the studio. And mm. so the rest of the band got really mm. upset. Eventually that got repressed with all songs by Brian Eno and talking heads. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And they started doing side projects at that point, you know, David Burns did the, the Catherine wheel soundtrack. He did my life in the Bush of ghosts with uh, Brian Eno. And then there was the Tom Tom club, which was, Chris and Tina's kind of side project, which actually wound up being more successful than Talking Heads, you know, uh, with the Genius of Love song, uh, yeah, was, sure. a, was yeah. a huge hit, and and it's probably made them more money thanks to Mariah Carey, you know, sampling <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> well, and it's like constant rotation on you know XM or any eighties, you know, any eighties playlist is going to yeah. have that on there. Yeah. Right, it's pretty much like Muzak in the elevator now. <laughs> So when you look at this album, I mean, obviously, Wild Wildlife was probably the big commercial hit. Yeah, that was the radio hit. But like, what other songs? What other songs stand out to you, both as uh, songs in the movie, and then also because Doug, you know the difference between this. I mean, and we talked about this. There are basically two soundtracks to this movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I mean, there's two soundtracks. I think because the record company wanted another Talking Heads album and didn't want 
to just have a soundtrack album with a couple of Talking Heads songs on it. They wanted a full Talking Heads album. So they had Talking Heads record all of the songs from the movie as an album. They later released the soundtrack album with incidental music and some of the cast recording. Right. They never really gave too much promotion to the original soundtrack they all the promotion went into the talking heads true stories yeah. album the, right. the cast performances i had not heard until we got this new soundtrack yeah and some of the cast performances are actually pretty good some i you know are movie performances by people that don't normally sing right <laughs> but some of the some of the cast performances are pretty good i actually like the movie version of puzzling evidence more john ingle oh, uh it's so good now i am the gun and you are the bullet i got the power and glory and the money to buy it you got your gold and western and your master card got what you wanted lost what you had so good he's one of those character actors that if you see him you'll hey i know that guy i've seen that guy he's really good because the, the song is essentially a preacher doing kind of a fire and brimstone conspiracy theory speech it's actually a lot of fun in the movie but as a talking head song it's not a very good song can i mention one song that i think also is much better in the movie than it is as a talking head song dream operator oh dream operator yeah So to me, Dream Operator is, I've listened to the soundtrack probably 20 times in the last week as we were getting ready for this show. <laughs> it just works when you're in the office in your cubicle and you're listening on your headphones, your earbuds, and people around you are talking about all sorts of weird crap. And you can just listen to Dream Operator like five times a day. But I, I've listened to the, the movie version and the Talking Heads version back to back. I will take the movie version. Huh. Every time. Interesting. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, and that's the song that is sung during the very unique fashion show um, that happened yeah. that happens at the mall. Um, oh my gosh. Which so crazy. Which you kinda have to which you kinda have to see to believe. And actually a lot of those costumes were designed by David Burns' uh, then girlfriend. I'm not sure he had married her yet. They've been divorced now for a while too, but at the time I think they were just dating. Hmm. She designed I, I forget her name now. That's okay. We all forget their names after a while. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's bad. It's getting dark. I, I'm still so dark. Oh, dark. I, just, I know, you know, there's at least two kindred spirits here in the uh, it's all good. It's all good. The <laughs> the hall of the hall of broken heart fame, you know, me and me and Doug. But yes. Um, yes. 
Well, well that- if I could ever like wear a pop icon outfit for 80s cruise i think i would wear the uh the sod exactly exactly when that we were watching it last night and i turned to katie i'm like oh my god we should have those for the cruise it's just like nobody will know what the hell you're wearing i'm like i know i know spears would no that would be great or or um the uh the brick suit that um yeah that, uh, that was in there david byrne actually wore that on letterman when he was promoting the movie would you prefer a concrete block or slumpstone red <laughs> Yeah. Brad, what's your pick for the the standout song from the soundtrack? Here's the thing. The song that I really was looking for on this soundtrack was Radiohead. Baby, your mind is a radio. Got a receiver inside my head. Here's the problem. That's not the version that I wanted. I wanted the version at the very beginning that where Ramon is singing to his coworker on the assembly line about how <laughs> oh, he's, right, you yeah. know, I love that scene. That scene always stuck with me. He kind of sings a little snippet of it. Right. The setup is he's, he's a little bit psychic apparently. And if he touches your nose, he can hear tones from you and kind of tell you, like kind of read you a little bit like a, like a palm reading, I guess. I don't know. Right, but he's, he says <laughs> right. something like, yeah. "Like, maybe I'm the only one that's got a radio. Like, I'm the only one that's receiving any of this stuff." And I'm like, "Oh, that's such such a great little moment." And I think most people now know that, and I hope this isn't really deep trivia that the band Radiohead did name themselves after that song. Nice, that's that's true, but it goes even deeper than that. Um, but wait, most people do tell there's, more. There's, there's more to the there's more to the story um, because Radiohead itself was inspired by the actor Stephen Tobolowski, who, along with his wife uh, Beth Henley, wrote the screenplay or at least did the original treatment for the screenplay uh, of, of the movie. And Steve, do you but, remember who Stephen Tobolowski is? Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. It's, yes. <laughs> well, he's best known as Ned Ryerson from <laughs> from uh, Groundhog Day, but he's been in a million things and everybody oh, yeah. would recognize him if they saw him. Oh, sure. He was on Glee there a few years ago. Anyway, he apparently told David Byrne when he was writing the screenplay that he used to read people's tones in college as a way to make money because he had some psychic ability or so he so he claimed. And apparently David Byrne, because this whole movie was supposed to be based on tabloid stories, thought this was great a great idea and kind of came back and wrote the song Radiohead. And so Radiohead, the band, is, you know, somewhat responsible by by Ned Ryerson. So yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a fun little bit of trivia. We've talked a lot about this movie, dear listener. If I was making a pitch to you why you should watch this movie or what you would get out of it, I would say to something Steve loves, it's ninety minutes long. So you're in, you're out. <laughs> Time for another drink. But it it has the sweetness to it. You know, as Yes. As Doug said, the kind of the primary through line is this character, you know, John Goodman's character who's who's trying to find, you know, a, a spouse, the love of his life. He wants someone to spend his life with. And 
this kind of returning shtick is him on all these dates. You meet all these crazy people that he's going on dates with, which is a lot of fun. And then it is just, it is so quirky. It is just deliciously quirky. There's a scene at the beginning where David Byrne is standing outside this building. This is the Varicourt building just outside Virgil. It's cool. It's a multi-purpose shape. A box. <laughs> like, like, that's, just, that, that's the that's the whole movie right there. There's just stuff like that that just gets dropped in that you're like, wait a minute, what, what, wait, what? It's a lot of fun. It, it definitely has some heart. It's a little light on plot, but that's okay. And it's fun to look at. It looks like the town I grew up in. It looks a lot like that. You know, brick houses and open spaces and you know metal buildings. I think it's worth ninety minutes of your time, Eighties Nation. And if you disagree, well, fine. You do you. Hey, Stuck in the 80s is sponsored this week by Robin Hood. No, not the movie character, the investing app. Because I know you get them confused a lot. I do. Uh, <laughs> Robin Hood lets you buy and sell stock, options and more, all commission free. Why do we here at Stuck in the 80s like Robin Hood? Because we like to say Robin Hood. Uh-huh. But also because... They strive to make the stock market approachable for everyone, not just the wealthy. Their app has a simple design that lets you place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Plus, you can discover new stocks and trade favorite companies with the help of their personalized news feed and create notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Timing is everything, especially in comedy. That's why I have that's why I'm not very funny. Uh, and because Robin Hood is a <laughs> timing, and because Robin Hood is a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s, they're offering our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at stuck.robinhood.com. That's stuck.robinhood.com. It's time to see the trees through the Sherwood Forest. Uh-huh. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> leave the dad jokes to actual dads, please. Okay, let's pivot to the seconds. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. You know the story, the story, the true story of how this works. We will play a snippet of a movie from the eighties, the nineteen eighties. For some reason, I'm liking that nineteen eighties. Your diction is very me. crisp. Nineteen eighties. And you sound right, like the scorpions. <laughs> scorpions, not the scorpions. Oh, you're Scorps. right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> scorpions. So so quickly he has forgotten the lessons of his youth. I <laughs> uh, will play a snippet of a movie from the. Okay, I've been drinking. <laughs> wasn't Guys, so we're, we're not off now. the rails. We just don't even know what rails are anymore here. <laughs> what? Rails. We don't need rails. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so Brad's caught up, he says. He says he sent out all the – he has sent out all the bottle openers. I think I owe one to somebody in Canada. Uh, I have to do yeah. that separately. I can't use my cute little boxes. Yeah, it's really hard to do the uh, non-U.S. postage. It's gotten crazy. I, I When I send out my books, I kind of dread when I get a overseas, uh, especially like Australia is like crazy. I spent like $70 shipping oh. books. And I had no idea how much to charge. I only charged him like 30 bucks for shipping. So I, I lost money yeah. on, on that oh, one. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. 
Yeah. yeah, it happens. Brad, you sent something to Ireland once, was it? Or Scotland? And it cost I, you like 15 or 20 bucks? I sent something to Scotland, I think to uh, the outlaw, Steve McLean, and I sent something to David <laughs> Featherston in, in Australia. And yeah, it was expensive. I'm like, you know, these bottle openers are probably, you know, you buy them in bulk, they're probably a couple of bucks. And then I'm like quintupling that to ship it to somebody. It's, you know, I love you. I love <laughs> you, 80s crazy. nation. I absolutely love you. But, you know, there are limits. There's a reason why we normally pick somebody who lives in the continental United States. USA. <laughs> Look at this. It's just it's ridiculous. I've had like one and a half drinks and like, this is great. This is the best pronunciation I've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think- What we're were we doing again? Here. Magical mystery moment, movement, something like that. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from our last show. I don't know why I'm doing this. But you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean, earn you keep. That was Brad picking young guns. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop because I can't do it much longer. Any fans of young guns here? I, I remember seeing it in the theaters and I'm like, okay, you used all the most popular actors who were young and, you know, it's Billy the Kid and next... That was that was kind of my impression too. I was working at the movie theater at at that point. I, I kind of followed in Brad's footsteps. Uh, I know he's talked about that a, a few times, but but yeah, uh, I I was not a big fan of of Young Guns. I remember no. seeing it and thinking, okay, that's a it's a corn chip of a movie, right? I like corn chips, but you know, corn once chip. the bag is done, then you move on. It was a very small bag. Yeah. Anyway, uh, read Fun some size. of the winners. A lot of people got this. Winners this week include Tom Corn in Austria, Eric in Buffalo, Michael Lee, Brock in North Dakota, Jumping Joe in Michigan, Dr. John Mark Bovine, Ugh. we haven't heard from a while, Steve-O down in Austin, Dave Estel, John Demacus, John in Dallas, Eric the 16-bit kid Barube, yeah, it's you, Eric, that I owe that bottle opener to. Yeah, I'll probably get it to you sometime, <laughs> before, the, sometime before the heat death of the universe. Anfield Albert, Kirk from Friendswood, Rob Bullock, Rhoda Collins, and... Dave Dirt, who was just one of the many folks who pointed out that that very line is used in the opening of the song Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dog. Do you mm, see how what? down with the kids we are? Oh, wait, that song's <laughs> from 1994. Never mind. Jesus. I don't, I, I don't know either one of those names. And Nate Dog is dead, too. Nate Dog passed away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before his time. That's all I could say. Yeah, I have no idea. I swear to God, like you could like hold a gun to my head, and, like who are Warren G and Nate Dogg? I'd be like, I don't know. Spiracy, just pour some out for I your homies know. and let's keep moving. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly, somebody will say like plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue, no explanation. No point in looking for one either. It's all part of a cosmic unconsciousness. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. <laughs> ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune, which is funny for no reason whatsoever. Uh, off the rails. <sighs> Please regulate Steve's drinking. That's all I can say. Uh, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. 
Um, how many people got this one right? Yeah, not many people did, I didn't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I got it right, and I know the song. Again, you're entered into the drawing for the bottle opener, and soon I think we'll have some new swag. I, I, I have a whole shelf unit I built in my office, the slash recording studio I have here, and I'm holding all my uh, swag for the 80s cruise to give away, and Brad's Christmas present is <gasps> right there. I'm staring at it. Oh, no. Does that mean I have to get you something? No, you don't have to. <laughs> Your mere presence is enough. Oh, brother. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway, pay attention. Here was the song from our last show. That's Domino Dancing by the Pet Shop Boys. No, it's Domino, Domino Dancing by Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> I deserve that. I was about to correct myself when you corrected me. Hey, Brad, name some of the winners. Okay. Winners this week include Angelic from Croatia, Top Gunter from Boston, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Dan Platt, Mr. and Mrs. Baldbutts from Mandura, Western Australia, and <laughs> Peter Ryan in Montreal, Canada. Canada. <laughs> anyway, spin the wheel. Let's find out. Hey, no, 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 no. Let's let Doug spin the wheel. Oh, Doug, yeah. you ready? Doug. You're going to make me do all the heavy lifting, huh? Spin are you oiled wheel. up? Oil up and spin the wheel. All right. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Are we, uh, are we ready? Go ahead. Are spin you re- it. Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> you better get your trust. Oh my god! Uh, coincidentally, the wheel didn't move at all. No, I'm just spinning. <laughs> and who's it going to end up on? Steve right. looks like the wheel's going to stop on. Oh, it's Dave Estel. Dave, nice. Send us a postal mailing address, preferably in the United States of America, so as to not break the. <laughs> promotional budget of stuck in the 80s which is you know basically whatever change steve and i can find in our couch cushions yeah and we'll send you, something out to you if you think robin hood is uh financing our uh, future you are sadly mistaken not, not much so, of it yeah we, we will be able to buy a burrito mm. but uh meantime maybe i'll go to the movies meantime by myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> meantime uh pay attention here's this week's mystery clip If you know it, email us at podcast at com, and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, gang. Spearsy here at Stuck in News headquarters. I hope you're having a great start to your winter holiday season. Hope you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend as we finish up uh, this week's podcast uh, one of the things I'm thankful for here, and it's no surprise, is the 80s cruise. We talk about it often because it means so much to us. And one of the great things that I have to tell you today is that there's a new, brand new sale for Stuck in the 80s listeners for the 80s cruise. If you use the promo code STUCK80, 
you can save literally just a ton of money on a veranda stateroom. That's a, a private balcony cabin. It's just uh, $2,100 a person now or only $300 a day. An ocean view stateroom is only $1,750 a person. And an inside cabin is just $1,400 or $200 a day. All prices for the 80s cruise include port charges, taxes, gratuities, all the concerts, all the interviews, all the 80s trivia with me and Brad, the parties, the events, everything. You cannot put a price tag on what the 80s cruise is. Again, that promo code is STUCK80. What else do you have to look forward to while you're on the ship? How about performances by Kenny Loggins, Berlin, Sheila E., OMD, The Fix, Cutting Crew, English Beat, Grandmaster Flash, Club Nouveau, Starship, and more. Plus, the MTV VJs Mark Goodman, Nina Blackwood, and Alan Hunter will be there along with Dee Snyder. And Brad and I will record the 500th episode of this podcast live on board the 80s cruise in March. So you come along, you get to sit there and watch us interview three amazing people. I don't want to blow the surprise just yet, but uh, it's going to be a big one. Uh, just remember to go to www.the80scruise.com, use the promo code STUCK80, and come sail aboard a vacation of a lifetime. We have just a few minutes left. Out of all the weird oddities of Stuck in history, we've never really done a show on Talking Heads. So I thought maybe we'd take like just a couple minutes here, like each kind of throw out a little love for an album in particular that we really enjoyed from the band. Uh, we'll start with Doug. Doug, what is your like the album that really speaks to you from Talking Heads? It's hard to make a choice. When I was such a huge fan, it seemed to change all the time, but... I've settled on Remain in Light most often. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, I love the layered sound of it. It's it's almost like a kind of a radical Phil Spector album because it's just this wall of sound that's just amazing. Uh, you know, that's that's when they really cracked open the um, the code and started doing all of the world music influences. And if you're familiar with Brian Eno, it was the Eno Yest of the the albums that he collaborated on them with (laughs) but 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 yeah you know exactly what he means when he says that yes exactly exactly what he means (laughs) it's kind of like zuropa was the eno est u2 album but where that one failed this one succeeds Hold on, hold on. I, I'm not just going to sit here and let everybody who comes on this show bag on you too. It's not about you too, Brad. It's about talking heads. Exactly. So why are you making it about you too? I just want to know. What's the beef? Well, Brian, Brian had his hits and his misses. 
I was just bagging on the one album, and there was a commonality of Brian Eno producing both bands. I so like that I album. Yeah, yeah, I like that album. And that last track, The Wanderer with Johnny Cash, is f***ing amazing. And anybody who says different is going to have to talk to me about it. Wow. Well, off the rails. So, Brad, like, defend an album from Talking okay, Heads. Okay, so I'm going to go with Fear of Music as my Talking Heads album that I'm going to defend, mainly because this album seemed like it was way too cool for me to be listening to, you know, when I was listening to it. I'm like, I'm not sure that I really can pull this off. Kind of was talking about Susie the Banshees a couple weeks ago. But I just, I love the song Life During Wartime. That song is amazing. That was a highlight of uh, of you know stop making sense yeah. you know really um, when when that yeah. movie came out and speaking of stop making sense I'm going to defend speaking in tongues because that's the album that the tour stop making sense was based on fantastic album I, I also have to throw out some love for seventy seven their debut album I remember listening to that to a lot in college that was like one of those things like if you were to test how really cool you were like oh i don't just listen to talking heads i listen to 77 from talking heads yeah so psycho killer It's funny, uh, the producer on that album is Tony Bon Jovi, who is, of course, is it John Bon Jovi's uncle? or, or Huh. They're, they're related somehow. All those Bon Jovis. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They famously didn't get along very well on that album because he wanted to throw in like a horn section and... Um, <laughs> Durr. Like yeah, not getting it's, it. it there, are, there are a few... Yeah, there's, there's a few of... His original mixes that survived, you can find them on, online, uh, and they're really, <laughs> they're really terrible. Mm. You know, you wouldn't recognize them as Talking Head songs because he really didn't know what to do with them. He kind of thought of them as a as sure. a novelty band. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, True Stories is coming out uh, this week on Blu-ray and DVD by the Criterion Collection. Definitely check it out if you don't feel like doing the total investment in the um, DVD and soundtrack. Remember, it's available on I believe it's available on YouTube and on Amazon Prime. If you remember your pin number, Steve. Yes. In the meantime, Doug, remind people where they can find your work. If you want to listen to my podcast, it's available on iTunes or you can go to spacemules.com. And my comics and stuff are available on Amazon. You can just look me up, Douglas Arthur. And my comic strip is called Tales from the Doug Side. I have a bunch of different books on there as well. And I didn't mention it earlier, but I also produce music it's very eno-esque so if you're into brian eno and robert fripp and that kind of stuff you can check that out too the name of my band is the flaming schwarzkopf experience which i know is hard to spell uh, but once you learn it you'll never forget it so <laughs> well thanks for being on the show you're welcome anytime we can't wait to be on your show again too. absolutely in the meantime myself brad and doug we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.
if you know it. I'm starting to drool. 